Well, good morning, Capital Edge. Great to see all you guys out there watching in today from YouTube and WhatsApp and all the other places that you watch. And I just pray that uh, God will bless you today. And as we continue on with our theme for May of compassion really matters. You know, about every second day I go across to Arendelle shops when I'm here, I go across and grab some lunch. And usually about every second day there is a guy there who is sitting there begging and uh, he's a friendly guy he's very chirpy he always says hello to everybody and says have a great day and uh, I, I, I gotta say that sometimes his friendliness is perhaps uh, substance assisted but he's there with his cap on the ground and and uh, he gets a great deal of attention and this is why because when he's there he has this big beautiful dog with him called bruiser and it seems that everyone knows bruiser everyone going into the shops they say g'day bruiser how are you going some go up pat him on the head some put a few coins in this guy's cap and off they go the butcher regularly comes out and gives bruiser a, a bone to chomp on while they are sitting there and, you know, it's interesting about this guy because even the Canberra Community Board on Facebook carries comments about Bruiser. Uh, I read this comment the other day. Love Bruiser. Such a beautiful dog. I always pat him and I always tell him what a good dog he is. I often drop some money in the cap as I go by. And so there's all these different comments about this guy and his dog, Bruiser, at the Arendelle shops and I, I gotta kind of admit I like seeing Bruiser there because I'm a real dog lover so I always smile I sometimes say hello give a few coins and then I go on my way you see I don't mind at all seeing a Bruiser and giving Bruiser a pat and talking to Bruiser and uh, and uh, what's his name the title of my message today is Bruiser and what's his name? You see, it struck me one day as I was walking by and I, I put a few coins in his cap and I said hello to Bruiser and, and nodded g'day to, to the guy there. It, it struck me that I knew the dog's name but had never bothered to ask the owner's name. And that struck me and I'd given money uh, at times that helped soothe my conscience, but I'd never really shown due consideration to this guy. And it actually came as a, as a real shock to me, I, I guess a reality check, and I think it was the Holy Spirit that was prompting me. And this is what the Holy Spirit whispered to me and challenged my heart with, that I was actually like a certain priest who when he saw a wounded, broken victim on the side of the road, he crossed over to the other side. And that hit me really hard. And I want to read to you that story this morning of the Good Samaritan. Trish spoke on this last week. But I want to read this uh, to you from the Passion Translation. I want to bring out a different aspect uh, than she did. So reading from Luke chapter 10, verse 30 to 37 in the Passion Translation. Jesus replied, listen, I'll tell you, there was once a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho when bandits robbed him along the way. They beat him severely, stripped him naked and left him half dead. 
Soon a Jewish priest walking down the same road came upon the wounded man. Now seeing him from a distance, the priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping to help him. Finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stooped down, gave him first aid, pouring olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine and bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey and brought him to an inn. Then he took him from his donkey, carried him into a room for the night. The next morning, he took his own money from his wallet and he gave it to the innkeeper with these words. Take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. So now tell me, which one of the three men who saw the wounded man proved to be the true neighbor? The religious scholar responded, the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. And Jesus said, you must go and do the same as he You know, the Good Samaritan showed incredible sacrificial compassion and we must do the same as that, Jesus said. But this morning I want to focus on the two. Two people who crossed over to the other side, a priest and a Levite. And I want to challenge us today as a church because these two guys were church. They were the church of the day. One a priest, most likely a Pharisee, and the other a Levite who was a temple worker. And it's interesting that Jesus is actually, when he's giving this parable, he's actually talking to a religious scholar. So church is a context that, that, that suits this particular story. These two guys were churchy types. In today's vernacular, one was probably a pastor, a scripture teacher, and the other could have been a connect group leader or an active member in the church, maybe even involved in a church department, maybe even a worship leader in the church. These guys were well-versed in scripture They knew all the laws about looking after and providing for the foreigner from the book of Exodus. They knew all about helping your neighbor when they're in need from the laws that were outlined in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. These were instructions given by God himself to Moses. And these passages were actually by by many priests and Levites were memorized. If ever there were people who should have known how God would have us respond to a situation like this. It was these guys, it was these churchy guys. They should have realized from their scriptures that God wasn't just about law, he was also about love. You know, these guys could have easily worn bracelets that had WWJD written on them. What would Jehovah do? You see, back in those days, there were different groups. There were different sects of 
priests who followed different rabbis of the day. But you know, they all used the same scriptures. In today's society, perhaps these churchy types may have been Baptist or they may have been Anglican or they may have been ACC or CCC or COC or CLC or any kind of C you like. They could have even been CEC, Capital Edge Church. And you know, this is where the rubber hits the road for me because this is, this is the challenge that confronts all of us as genuine followers of Jesus Christ. Are we those churchy types who see something but then cross over to the other side of the road? Are we those religious ones who leave it up to some other good Samaritan? The Red Cross will do it. The Smith family, oh, they'll do it. Bernardo's, they'll do it. Hey, isn't that what Centrelink's for? Isn't that what government welfare programs and agencies are for? They'll do it, won't they? So I want us to look a little more carefully at this priest and this Levite who crossed to the other side of the road. The priest knew the law. In fact, by Jesus' time on earth, The priesthood had taken on the laws of God, but then they had added literally hundreds of rules and regulations to the law. They're all about rules. They're all about adherence to them. Whether they were God's rules, God's laws, or whether they were man-made additions and interpretations to the law. You see, these priests knew their Bible of their day. They could recite They could teach on passages. They could preach with authority. They were well-educated. They were well-respected. And they made a point of sticking to the rules. And you know, therein lies the first problem. You see, these priests, they had religion, but they didn't have relationship. You see, if we forsake a relationship with Jesus for all the routines and the religious trappings. We will lose the compassion for people because we'll lose sight of the heart of Jesus. You see, these priests, they had religion, but they didn't take responsibility for the broken and the hurting. They would say things like this. They would say, well, people are poor because they've committed sin against God. They would say things like this. um, People are sick because somehow they've done something wrong and they're cursed by God. That guy begging there with bruiser should get a job. If he chooses drugs or alcohol to wreck his life, well then, unfortunately, that's his own fault. We all have choices. We all have consequences that we make, right? You know, friends, if we forsake the responsibility that we have to this world, if we refuse to take ownership of the part that we play in this world as it is, then we will lose compassion and empathy for those who are hurting. 
Second Chronicles 7.14 says this, Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. You know, the most significant word in that verse is my. If my people. You see, that tells me that when I look at this broken world that we're living in, I can't possibly point a finger in judgment when I am part of the problem. I have a responsibility to do something. I need to get on my knees. I need to initiate help. I need to repent on behalf of my nation's shortfall. Because if I stand in the place of the accuser, I become blind to the fact that I'm actually part of the problem. You see, these priests, they, they had judgment, but they didn't have justification. I pray that we won't be like that. I pray that we will be the kind of people that take the beam out of our own eye before we try to deal with the splinter in someone else's. One more thing about these priests before I move on and talk briefly about the Levite. You see, these priests, they had importance in the community, but they didn't have investment in the community. They were respected. They could hold their head up high. They went about their churchy ways. And, you know, from a distance, people looked and said, wow, they are so holy. They are so righteous. They are so in tune with God. Do you know, if we go to church without being the church, we eventually will lose our compassion. We lose sight of the graciousness of God and we start making all sorts of comparisons. Friends, we must invest in our community. Not just with charity, not just with good works, but with the clear message of salvation through Jesus Christ alone. Let's look briefly at the Levite. You see, a number of translations of the Bible tell us that this Levite actually went up and had a look at the wounded man before crossing over to the other side. He looked, but then he moved on. He was inquisitive, but he didn't want to be inconvenienced. You see, the Levite had concern but he didn't have compassion. And they're two different things. You see, we can look like we're concerned. We know what Jesus says to love others. So we can drop a few coins in a cap and we can smile and we can pat Bruiser on the head. Then walk past Bruiser and uh, uh, what's his name? You see, we, we want to know a little, but we don't want to know too much. 
And that's why this picture of this good Samaritan is just so incredibly powerful. He soothes the victim's wounds with oil and wine. He bandages his injuries. He, he puts him on his donkey. He takes him to an inn and he pays for his recovery time. And then to, uh, to top off all this, he says, listen, if there's any more costs that are incurred, I'll fix up the bill the next time I come through. You see, true compassion will always go the extra mile. True compassion won't ease its conscience with tokenism. You know, a coin or two here, a, a, a smile, giving bruiser a bone. You see, compassion will always go further. And friends, if you don't know where to start, where do I start with compassion? How do I do this? Well, can I just encourage you to start by introducing yourself and asking a name? See, last week I went over to the shops and there he was, bruiser, and Paul, and they were there, and I had a brief chat with Paul. Somehow he had figured that I was the pastor from the church across the road. I patted Bruiser, gave Paul some money. Paul said these words to me. He said, as I was leaving, he said, bless you, Pastor John. And off I went. You see, it's a start. It's a move towards a relationship and sharing the love of Jesus. And it started with me just taking the time to get to know Paul's name. I want to read to you a challenging poem this morning. It's a poem I've read before, but it always challenges me and I just feel it's so appropriate to this theme this morning. It's called I Was Hungry. I was hungry and you formed humanities groups to discuss my hunger. I was imprisoned and you crept off quietly to your church and you prayed for my release. I was naked and in your mind you debated the morality of my appearance. I was sick and you knelt and you thanked God for your health. I was homeless and you preached to me of the spiritual shelter of the love of God. I was lonely and you left me alone to pray for me. You seemed so holy, so close to God, but I'm still hungry and lonely. And cold. Friends, let's not be like the religious who forsake relationship with Jesus and the responsibility to represent Him to a broken world. Let's not be judgmental. Let's invest in our community. Let's not just show superficial concern, but let's show the true compassion of Jesus. 
Why? Because compassion really matters. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you have challenged my heart this week to show true compassion, to show true love, to go beyond just the superficial. Lord, I pray that we as a church, Capital Edge Church, will be such an incredible example of the love of Jesus in very real ways. Lord, challenge our hearts today, we pray. Amen. You know, there may be people who are watching today and you've never actually responded to the love of Jesus by asking for his forgiveness of your sin and accepting him as Lord and Savior of your life. Why don't you take that opportunity today to just pray a very, very simple prayer, something like this. Dear Jesus, I realize that you are God's son. I know that I'm a sinner in need of your salvation. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me from my sin and accept me. I invite you to be Lord and Savior of my life. Come in and make yourself real to me. Make yourself known to me. I ask in your precious name. Amen. God bless your church. I pray that the challenge of today's message has reached out to you and that we will go out and show the compassionate love of Jesus to a world who desperately needs to know our Saviour. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.